2: Welcome to Camp Report for August the 17th, 2023. Now, obviously I am not in Houston, so I am trying to discern what happened out there by reading some some timelines of uh, your local beat, mostly Travis Wingfield, Dave Omar Kelly, Marcel Louis Jacques, um, Cameron Wolf, Alan Poupart. You get the you get the the gist of all of this. Not that there was much news that happened out there today but we'll get to that in a second um and when we get to it i'm pretty certain we're gonna have uh, a lot of people ask a lot of questions about this we have some in the queue that are ready to ask some some questions and I'm i will bring them up here and hopefully the quality will be pretty good and it won't all be about who's gonna play left tackle but uh as i read from the timeline i guess uh you know there was some one-on-one film today um no, I don't care. Although Azukama and Derek, St- Derek Stinley. I never liked Derek Stanley coming out of LSU. By the way, uh, not a not a one bit. But he's, I think he's going to be okay. I think he's going to be a good player in the NFL. He just he just came in with way too much hype for what he was. I liked a lot of a lot of cornerbacks in his class over him. Uh, but I think he's going to be a good one. Uh, Azukama, I had a little fun battle with him. Uh, Rights, uh, Travis Wingfield. Um, you know, back shoulder throw from two on one on ones, like like really, we're we're throwing back shoulder now on one on ones, like just scrap the whole thing. You know what one on ones, wide receivers versus defensive backs. You know what that is? Recipe for blown ACLs. That's what that that's what that's for. It's absolutely one hundred percent completely useless. Uh, his next um, next next up on the timeline, he writes about Julian Hill snagging a high ball. The back of the end, so very similar to how Gasecki caught that pass from Tua against the Ravens. Julian Hill is an interesting sort because he's extremely one-dimensional. Like if you have to look at all of our tight ends, and we kind of know who they all are, right? Like Elijah Higgins is the one, like I've said before, he's the one with the with the arrow up. Like Elijah Higgins is the guy that you could look at and say, okay, uh, he can be more than just a practice squad guy this year. Like he can contribute to the passing game. Durham Smythe, you know he's steady as a run blocker. He'll catch a few passes. He's just painfully slow, and he's just not a playmaker. Okay? We don't know what we have anywhere else, but on Julian Hill, and we know that Eric Saubert hasn't had a good camp, but Julian Hill is a guy that you look at him every single day in camp, and you know he's going to give you this. He's a pass catcher. He could get downfield. He can make plays. He's just not very good at anything else. So you can't play him in 11 personnel. And if you're going to play him on 12 personnel, you're back to doing what you did unsuccessfully last year, which was trying to put Gasecki in the slot instead of putting a, a better player, a better wide receiver in the slot and stressing a defense that way. So I'm interested to see what actually pans out with Julian Hill. You know, we know he can make plays as a pass catcher. He can't do much else. Um, It seems like Barrios got deep on 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 guys again, and Tua dropped in a dime for him on a big gain. That's also on Travis Wingfield's uh, timeline. It's on several timelines. Uh, Tyreek having a good a good practice like that's nothing new. And then we get to this one by Travis Wingfield. I'll read you know I don't have to read all the rest of them all of them were either a little bit more alarmist than the next or playing it down. Um Armstead went down in the first play of team period, which is all kinds of interesting, okay? First time he gets out there in 11 on 11, although he's had reps before this camp on 11 on 11. Uh got injured, went to the sideline. This is the whole uh, this is this is in the exact order all of this happened, all right? He gets injured, he goes to the sideline, he gets on the training table. Chris Greer goes and talks to him. He's on the training table. They're examining him. He gets off the training table, back onto the cart, they put on his shoes, and he disappears. Then he comes back, and there's several reports. One from Cameron Wolf, one from Marcel Louis Jacques, that say he is essentially gonna be fine. Like he's it's nothing serious. But um he got injured, again, which begs the question, should they have an insurance policy ready to go? Uh, one insurance policy is to have a starter-level offensive lineman right behind him that you could plug in and not miss too much of a beat. That would be my suggestion, and there are several out there. The m- one most notable one okay, is if you take a gander to the the, the Green Bay Packers' depth chart you come away looking at that offensive line and you think to yourself you know what? this is a pretty damn good offensive line okay they've done a nice job building that unit uh from left to right you have david bakhtiari elgin jenkins who i think is going to be a great player he's going to be a pro bowler this year josh myers one of the best centers in football john runyon uh he's all right uh zach tom we've talked about him before he's one of the best pass protectors already uh his only weakness is in 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 the run game zach tom doesn't really move people he's a light guy But in pass pro, man, he's solid. And then behind those guys, you have a few guys, but most notably you have Josh Nyman. Josh Nyman. And Josh Nyman is a guy that can play left tackle. He can play guard. If you traded for him today, I am certain he's the starting left guard week one. If Teron Armstead is back. If not, he can play left tackle. And I think he's a piece going forward. Now, does Green Bay value their depth more than they value a draft pick this year, let's say. I wonder that. I wonder. I wonder if, if you posed it to them, if you gave them the choice, if they would take the draft pick and an asset. You know, I don't know who it could be for Yash Nyman, Or if they would say, you know what? David Baktiari's getting up there in years. Yash uh, Nyman, is probably his replacement in 2024. I wonder if that's what they're thinking. All right, we're going to go to some questions that we have. Uh, Just identify yourself as I bring you up. All right, you're up.
3: Um, I'm Dolphins Craze. Dolphins Craze on Instagram, Twitter, whatnot. Um, I was just wondering who is two players, one of them that you think will make the 53 that will surprise people and one that will not make the 53 that will surprise
1: people. Open you up with a non-drung question
2: hmm that's a great that's actually a really really good question and I'm actually gonna dig into the depth chart because one that will surprise people well it seems like some don't think that that Jalen Twyman is gonna make the team I think so and I do so I think that that will be the one that surprises people and as far as the guy that gets cut that will surprise people hmm I think Troll Williams is in a little bit of trouble, and it's not because he's playing bad. It's because there's so much at that pos- at that position as of right now. You know, I also wonder. Keon Cross has not contributed anything in this camp. I wonder if they'll move on from him. But uh another surprising cut, man. It's probably those. And I'm I'm beginning to wonder if Chris Brooks is is longer for this roster than maybe a Savan Ahmed. Because if Miles Gaskin got cut, I would not be surprised in the least bit. If Savon Akhmer got cut, I would be. So I guess those are the surprise cuts. If I had to boil it down to just one guy that I am pretty sure might be cut and would surprise people, Hmm. I'm looking across the, the roster, looking across the roster. Uh, it's not a receiver. It's not a quarterback. It's not a tight end. And in fact, I think they're keeping most of those guys at tight end, which is a shame. And it's not in on the tackles or the guards, because we I think we kinda know who's getting cut there. Yeah, I think um I think I'm I'm right onto it right there. You know? Uh that's where it would be at. And I think Cameron Good is probably not too not for long on this on this roster. They might bring him back on the practice squad since it's only year two. But yes, yeah, Savannah Ahmed is the one that's looking at me as the surprise, like he could be he could be the surprise, and it's not any you know and it's not his fault. It's just that Devon Chain does everything he does and does it a little bit better, you know, and other than him, yeah, it's Trill Williams, probably. Uh, you have anything else?
1: Nope, thank you.
2: All right, no thank you. All right, as I bring you up, just identify yourself.
3: Hey there, uh, Mr. CEO, a Dolphins fan out from, from Indiana again. So I'm going to, I'm going to go where we all, what we're all thinking. What is, what is Chris Greer doing? How how does the national media, all of our fans, the Nash, all the fans of other teams, everybody knows that offensive line is our weak spot and we don't address it for almost seemingly like what, two years now. What is the deal? What do we have to do? Our season is hanging in the balance because if Armstead is gone, two is going to get hurt, then the season's completely over. What needs to happen for Chris Greer to finally make something happen? He's more interested in wasting time, low-balling offers on Dalvin Cook, trading for corners from other teams, than, than shoring up the one thing that's going to ruin our entire season.
4: Well, he's, what, When is he
3: going to realize this is serious? Uh, I guess never. Uh, he's, he's
2: addressed it, but addressed it in his way. They obviously don't think... That it's that big of a deal. Although, they did spend money on Teron Armstead. Okay? They spent a high draft pick on Austin Jackson. Uh, he's, he's having an encouraging camp, by the way. And it was interesting that they held him out of the last 11 on 11 as soon as Teron Armstead got, got hurt. So, that's telling you everything you need to know. He's one of the emergency measures. Okay? They've used other assets. They just haven't hit on a lot of them. Now, they had, they have had some successes. Connor Williams was a free agent and that plugged in a hole, and Robert Hunt was a, a draft pick, and that plugged in the hole. The problem is that the sum of their parts. It's just like they have certain holes that they've tried to address with half measures, some with money that's both tackles, and it just hasn't really panned out right now. Now, what I think the issue you have with, with him going forward is why not spend another asset on another starting quality offensive lineman that could give you a little bit of redundancy at one of the tackle spots. And I would do that. Like, I would spend an asset on something like that. Uh, They had an opportunity in free agency, but what was out there was, like, let's be fair. Like, look at what was out there on free agency as far as offensive linemen. It was either really expensive stuff or guys we already have on the roster. Like, if if they sign, look, George Fant is playing for the Texans right now. If they sign George Fant, that's essentially Kendall Lamb. Like, that's, that's who George Fant is. Now, I like George Fant. But I like him only as a right tackle backup. So had they signed George Fant, that would have been like signing Kendall Lamb. So I I just don't think that it was out there as far as the replacement, you know, for for some of these guys behind the starters was out there in free agency. It just wasn't. So I think you have to try to spend an asset. Now, look at what happened with with Dallas, okay? Uh, Dallas was low-balling Terrence Steele and then playing around like, okay, you know, we might play Ty Smith at left tackle and then... The other Tyron Smith at right tackle, that was obviously a bluff. They get, Tyron, uh, they get Terrence Steele back into the fold, and now he's back to being the starter at right tackle. I do not think he's available. But uh, Yash Naiman is for, with the Packers, and that's what I would do. And if they did that, then you really can't complain about the assets that they've spent on the offensive line. I would argue that they've spent way too many assets on the offensive line. If- What's the
0: easiest choice you can make?
2: they do something like that, but I don't think he'll be cheap. Uh, I think they look at him as a, as a potential starting left tackle next year for the Packers as they, they move on from David Bakhtiari. You have anything else?
3: Yeah. In in response to that, I would say we went in, we're, we're went into the off season with three fifths of our offensive line being, you know, set and good with Austin Jackson being a wild card. And a lot of people already calling him a bust. So we already had three out of five. I think you go out and you pay. You go out and you pay. You have to. Nothing works without the offensive line. Look at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. They had all the weapons. They had Tom Brady, and their offense was garbage because they had no line. And we've put ourselves in this position again. And you can say, and, and and I get what you're saying. We have put assets into it, but it doesn't matter if your assets are missing. You can't say, oh, we did our best. We did try. No, that's not an excuse. How much money are you making? How much money does Chris Greer make? to properly identify and put players in positions to succeed on this team. How many times can you miss and just be, well, we did our best. Doing your best isn't enough. You're getting paid a lot of money to do this job really well, and you can't identify offensive talent, and apparently nobody in the building can. I don't think it's a good enough excuse to say, you know, oh, well, we, we tried. Okay, well, what happens when the season's derailed? Sorry, I'm coming with a little bit of fire. I'm Like, this pisses me off. I've got so many of my friends messaging me saying, like, ah, the Dolphins are tanked, Dolphin season's over. It's not even week one yet, and, man, I look forward to this all year long, and I've got all my friends clowning me because we have no offensive line help.
2: Uh Well, I think that the offensive line has played better as of late, especially in camp. Let's watch them first before we make any any declarative statements. Now, one declarative statement you can make is that Tarn Armstead is uh, fragile, and if he gets injured, then you're scrambling. And that's why I advocate to go get something as far as a, an insurance policy behind him. But as far as the talent on this team, like I I, I wouldn't blame Chris Greer for, for any of that. He's built a really
3: damn good roster. I appreciate you letting me uh, rant for a minute. Thanks. No, that's fine. And I'm going to keep it in
2: because it's, it's what the fans are talking about. And you're not wrong, but it is the truth. All right, I bring you up. And identify yourself as I bring you up.
6: Hey, uh, I'm Kevin. Uh, Sir Kevin on Twitter. Um, I was just wondering... Uh, Cedric Wilson hasn't been making any plays, correct?
2: Yeah, he's been. Nothing of note today? He's been invisible. Okay.
6: Well, my question is, we know that the Broncos have had a couple wide receiver injuries and Colts just had one. Do you think that those are two teams that might be a viable trade option just to dump the salary? I mean, you know, get a seventh-round pick two years from now, for example, and see if we can take that cap space and allocate it towards some O-line help.
2: Yeah, I'm certain. I'm certain that that's something that they're – that they're probably exploring, but man, it's been a while. Like I understand that they said, Oh, they did you know, we haven't tried to trade Cedric Wilson. I know for a fact they tried to trade him during the, the draft. That's a fact. Okay. Uh, nobody, uh, the, the people I talked to would not lie to me over that. Okay. Uh, they tried to trade him during the draft. They couldn't do it. Okay. I wonder what they were asking for. Cause remember, uh, Chris Greer is the, is the kind that tries to win damn near every trade. Right. So, I think it's time to explore it again. Like, you win in this league by putting your money on the field, okay? With Cedric Wilson, I think it's, it's, I don't think it's even fair to say, I think it's a fact at this point that his money will be on the bench come week one because it, he just has not uh, forced his way into any lineup. Robbie Chosen is going to play. Uh, Azukama has emerged, which is a good thing. You know you can trust River Craycraft, and they signed Braxton Berrios to play the slot. There is no room for Cedric Wilson. There just isn't at this point. Okay? And I've always liked Kiki Kuti, by the way. Okay? Not that he's going to make the team, but Brandon Sanders took an injury, and Kiki Kuti could, you know, go into that role, you know, which is the, the emergency guy on the practice squad. Like, that can happen. Um uh, Yeah. Uh, If they can, I think they would. Uh, I think there's no reason to have him on the roster. It's 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 basically sunk costs for this year. Like, can you use that money elsewhere? Well, if you could save some of it, can you roll it over? Possibly. Can you use it on something else? Like right now, I don't think there's anything that's you know that's going to be that expensive. Uh, although Dalvin Cook would have been that guy, but nah, you know it's. I hope that they can get something for him, but they failed to trade trade him so far. I wonder if they're finally going to be successful now that they're going to be close to the season and teams start looking at their depth charts and saying, you know what, maybe we had a good evaluation on this guy and, you know, let's bring him in and he might help us. That's pretty much it. That's that's all I can see as far as, like, getting off of that money for this year. You have anything else?
6: Okay. Yes, I did. Uh, You guys have been talking about the nuclear option. I was going to say before the Armstead injury – why don't they put a lineup of Armstead left tackle, Wynn left guard, Williams center, Robert Hunt at right tackle, and then um, someone else at, at right guard? I mean, at one point, does the nuclear option become the nuclear option and you have to activate it?
2: Well, that's uh, that's if Austin Jackson's bad. If Austin Jackson's bad, that is a nuclear mm-hmm. option. It's just kicking Robert Hunt over because it seems like they have guards now. Like, it seems like they actually, not that they have a bevy of of options at guard, you know, not that they're, you know, loaded at guard, but you have a few guys. You have a couple of guys that, you know, you don't feel bad about playing. Like, I don't feel bad about playing Isaiah Wynn. I don't feel bad about playing Robert Hunt. You know, Lester Cotton started a a playoff game for Christ's sake, you know. So, uh, notice I didn't didn't mention one guy, right? But, you know, I feel, I kind of feel good about the guards right now. Especially since you know Robert Hunt's in that group, so I feel good about the guards. So if that is the nuclear option, then yeah, that's one way you can go. And I think that that you know that's one way that's one way to cover for a failing Austin Jackson if that happens. I don't think that that's happening. At least it hasn't happened so far. All right, as I bring you up, identify yourself. This should be the last one as we are at twenty minutes. Hey Alf. thank you. Um, Chris Greer has had a
4: history of making big deals leaning for the fences, especially with and, and unexpected deals with Tyreek and with Jalen. Um, is there something that could still happen between now and the start of the season that could be out of nowhere, big deal, potential, or is it just too close to the season for something like that to, to happen?
2: I think it's too close to the season. Although there has been panic before, but I, I was I would contend that if you take a really bad injury, although all the reports so far keep keep you know, they seem to suggest that Armstead's injury is not so bad. Okay. Uh, it seems to suggest that he'll be back. You know, he's not, you know, he's not, he's not going to be out for any extended period of time, but you know, I would, I would say that you still have to have a contingency plan. You had to have some insurance behind Armstead and, I would do a deal. I would make an offer at least to Josh Nyman for, you know, to Green Bay for Josh Naiman. He's the one who makes the most sense. He is the highest end offensive lineman without a starting job in the NFL. Trust me, I just scoured the entire league and it's clear cut. It's him. Okay. It's nobody else. That is the best offensive lineman without a starting job in the NFL. Okay. And if we got him without even needing him for left tackle, I think he's the starting left guard immediately. Uh, I don't think that that's even a, a consideration. As far as a big deal, I just don't see it. And if they do, you know, because I'm pretty certain they want to keep the assets for next year, meaning they want to keep that first round pick. Now, could they use some of those other picks and maybe even a future pick to try to shore up one spot? Yes. Could they use a late, you know, day three pick to try to find a, a tight end? I'm almost certain that's my, that might happen because they can't be looking at this group and thinking to themselves, okay, you know, we're fine here. We'll just, we'll trade water for a year uh, with this group. Uh, it's just not a good group. And it lacks so much speed at the, at the high end of the, of the room that y- you almost need something behind Durham Smythe. Because Durham Smythe is going to be here just to do that one job. And that's to pass block, to run block. That's it. Nothing else. Because you can't, you could count on him to catch the football. You just can't count on him to get down the field too fast. Like that's just not going to happen. So he can't get open against linebackers. You know, he's not really helping your offense at all. So as far as a big deal on the defense, I don't see it. They already did it. They, they already pulled it off with Jalen Ramsey and he comes back in either uh December or possibly November, according to him. So yeah, I, I don't see it happen. But minor deals, absolutely. That's something that we can see coming soon.
4: You got anything else? Yeah, um, one, uh, with the first round of cuts coming up pretty soon, um, is there a position that could be surprising? I know you guys have talked about uh, interior defensive line, but if, uh, like, for example, the right kicker would be cut somewhere, could Jason Sanders get some competition or something uh, even you know, wild like that happen?
2: I think that they're going to have a little faith in Jason Sanders, and then it could be a situation where, you know, Jason Sanders, he's, he's going to be counted on to just get back to what he is because of what he, get, what he makes. And it could be a situation like if the, the situation just gets dire with Jason Sanders during the season, they'll bring in a guy. But I don't think that they'll bring in any competition right now. What we do know about Jason Sanders so far in camp is that he's ultra-reliable inside of 50 yards. His accuracy goes out the window after 50. That's not such a bad thing. That happens all the time with teams. And maybe it's a better thing that they're going to start going for it on fourth and four, you know, instead of kicking 50-yard field goals. Maybe that's a, a better thing. Oddly enough, you know, Jason Sanders kicked them into the playoffs with, I believe, a 50-yarder, wasn't it? And, and he hit a 50-yarder against the Bills in the snow. So, like, it's not like he's incapable. It's just, not, it's just not something you want to try. It's just just keep it on the back burner
4: and don't even try it. Anything else? Well, so is there any other position like maybe linebacker or uh, some other some other position you think that might be open for a, uh, you know, somebody else's roster cut to make this team?
2: Yeah, they've been churning. If you if you've noticed uh, during camp, they've been churning that spot uh, behind the top four guys at linebacker. I think Aubrey Miller has carved out a role for himself, uh, although I wouldn't be surprised if he got cut. Uh, because, uh, because of precisely what I've said before about that position, uh, you could find fill linebackers almost anywhere. Like they're everywhere around the league. People cut them all the time, and they, you know, they, they, they just, you know, they go from team to team, and they show up on, on, on roster to roster because they do one job and they do it pretty well. The Steelers, on the other hand, paid one like a, a starting linebacker, and they're actually starting him, which I think is a mistake. Mike Rose is a guy that they brought in for, for special teams. He hasn't caught on, and I don't think he played particularly well in, in the game against the Falcons. So they might keep churning that spot, looking for a linebacker behind the top four guys, meaning Baker, Long, Riley, Tyndall. They might look for another linebacker that can play special teams, and they might keep churning that spot, and maybe that guy is on another roster. You know, uh, you never know if somebody cuts their ace special teamer. Look, Justin Bethel got you know got released. He was a really good special teams player for for the Dolphins last year. So I would look for that spot. Like as, uh, those first cuts, scour scour the waiver wire for for linebackers that have had starting experience and play special teams because that seems to be something that they're in the market for. All right, thanks for taking my questions. All right, thank you. All right, that's gonna do it and Dolphins will not practice tomorrow. Uh, they have a game on Saturday, but they return to practice the following week, and I will be there. I will be at Miami Gardens at every single practice, and you will get the co- the, the coverage you're accustomed to. But till then. Thanks for listening
5: to 3 Yards Per Caddy. You can subscribe via iTunes, on Podbean, or your usual podcast provider.